The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, president and owner of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors. And I'm here with my son, uh, David Wickert, who's a Acunet Mortgage Loan Consultant and Loan Consulting Manager. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dad. Uh, I missed you. I was gone the last week in between shows there to uh, Nevada and Utah. I want to put in a plug for the National Park System, uh, Bryce Canyon in uh, Utah, which is absolutely beautiful and full of things called hoodoos. You can Google that. What's a hoodoo? Uh, it's really cool-looking rock. And then uh, uh, Zion National Park is amazing. Thank you for not going on that Angel's Landing. Yeah, I, I got up to it. Did I send you the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a certain th- really narrow walk with a chain that, well, seven so people. a thousand feet on either side of you. Yeah, and there was a ton of people there, believe me. Wow. And people that I looked at and said, really, you're going to do this? And they were doing it. Okay. A steady stream of thrill seekers but i thought i i don't want to put you in charge of acunet quite yet (laughs) at least not that way yeah all right if you've got a question or a comment you can call us on the acunet mortgage talk and text line which is 414-799-1620 got a lot of stories to talk about but i thought we'd weave it in and out of these nine real estate trends that i found the national association of realtors had their broker summit in Austin, Texas recently, and there's a woman named Jessica Louts, who's the Vice President of Demographics and Behavioral Insights okay. with the National Association of Realtors, of which I am a card-carrying member mm-hmm. of the NAR. And so she came up with these uh, trends. All right, so number one trend, lack of affordable housing inventory. And we've been talking about that in many ways yeah. you know, over the course of the show. And so here's my data on it. Uh, there are 1.6 million net households formed each year, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Hmm. Okay, so when when Jeff from our office moved out of his parents' house and got his own apartment, bing, a new household, household was formed. Yeah. When uh, my mom and her husband moved into assisted living, whoosh, a household disappeared. They became part of the institutionalized population. Really? Yeah. Oh. People in assisted living, nursing homes, and prison are not part of the household survey, according to the Census Bureau. And I bet they need a place to live, those 1.6 million people. That is correct. And uh, by the way, uh, then if you look at the number, Census Bureau also gives us the estimate of how many new residential units have been constructed in the United States. So in 2018, 1.3 million new residential housing units. So that's about two-thirds are single-family detached, only a schnibble are two to four unit buildings and then the rest roughly a third are apartment buildings of five or more units mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it includes apartments condos single family every every new place where somebody can live mm-hmm. uh is counted in that 1.3 million number but i also learned by looking at the nar numbers about a hundred thousand homes fall out of the housing stock every year because they get old or torn down so like when somebody builds Decrepit. a new lake home and tears it down, one goes away and one comes back. So that's a net of zero. Hmm. Anyway, so that's a gap. Yeah, that's not enough. The bottom line is there are 400,000 uh, more households that are being formed per year than there are new constructed units. So 
I'm talking to your mother about this driving home from the airport yesterday, and we both say out loud, well, then shouldn't there be people like living in tents? Yeah. You know, because there's a housing. Or that, in parents' basements. Yeah. So, and I asked you, and yeah. it's hard to come up with. The answer uh, is. I said I, roommates, but. You said roommates, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of that going on. The answer is the vacancy rate on um, rental properties. Sure. It absorbs that shortage, but creates uh, higher rental prices, right? Supply because and demand. Supply and demand. And so what's happened is, uh, according to census data, the vacancy rate at the end of the recession was 11%. Hmm. Okay. By the way, there are 134 million residential housing units in the United States. Yeah. So point f- or 400,000 is less, it's like less than a percent still okay but all right bottom line is vacancy rate rate went from 11 percent. now it's down to seven percent <clears throat> so here's a quiz question for you in the audience how much have rents gone up on a percentage basis in the last 10 years do you think it's 25 percent, 33 percent, or 44 in the last 10 years in the last 10 years okay uh the middle one 33 the answer is 44 percent. wow which is sounds huge, but just by the way, on a compound annual growth rate that is only three point seven. Yeah, three point seven a year. But the kicker is, as we were talking to Scott Warris before we started, in the last fifteen months, rental uh, costs have gone up ten percent in the United States. From nine hundred bucks a month is the average ask, the median average asking for a vacant uh, apartment, mm-hmm. up to a thousand six, which struck struck you as low. You would guess off the, the air. 1200 yeah. All right. So all this is putting upward pressure on rents. As you know, uh, home prices are up 6.2% in the Milwaukee metro area over mm. the last year. So we have this upward pressure on both home prices and rents. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about a real-life story of one of our home shoppers who's been shopping for all of 2019, finally got an accepted offer last night. I'm so mm. excited for her. We're going to tell you a little bit about how she pulled that off. When we come back, you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Remember, if you've got a comment or question, you can call or text us on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1620. So we're talking about how there's a pinch in affordable housing. We talked about it last week relative to the home sales being a little lower in April than they were a year earlier. And it's because of a lack of supply. It's not on the demand side. <clears throat> we are issuing a lot of pre-approval letters. Again, for just us this week, another strong week of pre-approvals. People yeah. wanting to get ready to go out and shop. That's right. And and you have to put on your best game. It just occurred to me, part of it is because the school year is ending now, too. That is absolutely a seasonal factor. So so I've got a client uh, re- referred into us by her parents through their financial advisor. And I met with her in January. I think it was January 15th. Her and her parents came in. They wanted to come in for a face-to-face meeting, which is fine. Doesn't happen too often, but we went over all the options, armed her with a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval offer, and she has gone to bat and written eight offers and struck out. Ouch. Came in second place or lower, Yeah. which in a contest where all that matters is being in first place. Uh, that hurts. You get no ribbon or trophy for being in second or third place in the home offer writing contest. And remember, this is a story continuing. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago she wrote an offer on a two-bedroom home with no basement which is super rare oh. and didn't get that. <clears throat> well, lucky number nine. 
she, she and you helped with this uh, I, while I was gone. I know. So thank you very much. You're welcome. So, um, you know, you refine your skills. And so working... When to, you keep striking out, you well, go back to the batting cage and try to figure something out. That's right. I don't know if we talked about this before, but, you know, one idea is, well, maybe I should write without an appraisal contingency. Did we talk about this last week? Or the a week little before? bit. Okay. It was suggested, I should write without a financing contingency, to which I put the full stop on, because oh, yeah. if you write without a financing contingency, the seller's going to say, show, me the, show me the money. That's right. In the words of Jerry Maguire, show me the money. That's right. So writing without an appraisal contingency is also dangerous, uh, because, and what I explained to this borrower, let's call her Becky. Not a real name. Mm. That's your mother's name. Yeah. Okay, but let's call her Becky. Um, if you do that, the way the Wisconsin offer to purchase is structured, you're just saying, I can get approved for, a, in this case, let's say it's a $150,000 loan. It doesn't matter if you thought you were putting 20% down or or not. Mm -hmm. What happens is all, all I have to do is approve you for a $150,000 loan. And in this person's case, I could do that with as little as 5% down. Yeah. So that really allows the appraisal to come in super low. And force her to pay, to pay. a premium above what we could actually finance. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so in this case, we are talking through it. And it's so important how numbers look to people. That's why we advertise 3.99 instead Rather of 4. four yeah. It sounds, I mean, well, honest to God, it just goes, better. oh, that's what I want. I want that three handle. That's why you get 99 cents pop, you know, soda cans, not dollar soda cans. That's right. Yeah. So these are not quite the real numbers. So I'll, I'll make this up. Let's say that the house was listed for 175 my Becky buyer was willing to pay a premium of um, $11,000 over that. Wow. Okay. So that would be one eighty-six. Mm -hmm. And then we've been talking about how it's no big deal to overpay by 5000 Yeah. Not going to hurt you at all. No. In terms of monthly payment. And and so then that would have meant a one eighty-one. you know, appraisal contingency modification because that's what we've been talking to people about is hey instead of using the regular appraisal contingency which allows me to back out of the offer yeah if, if the comes appraisal in a comes nickel. in a nickel less than what i offered give the seller some wiggle room and so i always use five thousand as an example but in this case and this is where we're working together home buyer mortgage guy and the buyer's agent yep as a team mm -hmm. Very important, happy to do this with anybody who's got a loan with Acunet Mortgage. I won't do it if you're getting your mortgage from Chase. Yes. Okay. But I said to her, I emailed her back. I did this while I was on vacation. Mm -hmm. Kind of slipped away from your mother. And I went, okay, why don't you make it 179 mm -hmm. Okay, remember the asking price was 175 Say, I will go ahead and buy your house as long as it appraises up for 179 Because 179 looks way better than one. I will continue to buy your house. I'll I will not spike the deal. Right, yeah. As long as it comes in at 179 So we did that, and then she also gave wiggle room on the home inspection. She said, hey, if, I, uh, if there are defects that come up, um, I, will, I will pay for the first $2,000 of repairs. That's a new one. I like repairs. that one. Yeah, yeah. And there's some trickiness. We can talk about how to craft that you know, in the offer because nobody is used to doing either of these things. Correct. As I talk to a real estate agents, they go, really, you can modify that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's they a contract. Can. Yeah, right. there's just, there are spaces in there for additional contingency. All right, we'll continue with this story a little bit after this break. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on 620 WTMJ. 
getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wecker on WTMJ. All right, we were talking about uh, Becky, our our real buyer, but not her real name, and how we're helped. We we helped along with her buyer's agent craft a winning offer by modifying the appraisal contingency, modifying the home inspection contingency. She also threw in there the old accelerator clause, boom, which said I'll even go another five thousand dollars higher than my one eighty six oh. offer. If you show me another bonafide, she said, I'll go a thousand, I'll beat any other offer by a thousand bucks. I had a smart buyer's agent tell me, don't do a thousand dollars even, do eleven hundred dollars oh. or fifteen hundred dollars in out... case you're competing against another accelerator okay. clause. A thousand one. Literally. And, and so what prices that... right rules? Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> prices right rules. Yeah. So, so that means you uh, are willing to up your offer but the seller has to provide you a written copy of the other bona fide offer and not from their brother-in-law correct yes an arm's length offer um and so but that was did not get invoked okay she just won now i looked at the house this morning it has somewhat limited marketability because it is small okay. you know it's a two-bedroom one-bath home but it's fine for this particular buyer and her daughter so um so it's it's, it's going to work out. Now, it took those three and a half revisions of the average contract mm -hmm. to get her to the winner's circle. I I will guarantee you that when it's all done, we talk to the you know we're at the closing table in thirty days on June eighteenth. Yeah. If we talk to the you know after closing, say okay, so what did you like about the offer? They're going to say we really like the appraisal contingency wiggle room, and yeah. we really like the home section. You're trying to stand out from the crowd. But the key is helping people understand it's okay to overpay for the house. It makes so little difference. Yeah. All right. So now I, I, I didn't have a chance to show this to you. So now I'm, I'm sending her, what are her options? So we are going to use a loan program uh, built for moderate income folks. It's, mm -hmm. it's a program from Fannie Mae, regular 30-year fixed rate mortgage, but they give us better pricing. And so here's the weird thing. They're trying to incentivize home ownership. Yeah, they're trying to help because did I mention we have an affordability yeah. problem with yeah, yeah. homeownership? So I'm going to show her 3.99 mm. with $1,681 of loan costs. Okay. And that sounds so good. The yeah. annual percentage rate is 4.05. Or 4.125, and that has only $913 of cost. So that's a difference of Wait, seven. you're saying there's more than one way that I can cook my mortgage oh, steak? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I can do it in seconds. It doesn't take days like some of our competitors. Yeah, I can get you some rate quotes. It's going to take me uh, right. a couple of days to get it. Football together. season will be around. Uh, so uh, loan cost savings of seven sixty eight uh, up front, and uh, the difference in the payment is eleven American dollars. Seven hundred divided by eleven. Five point eight years. Okay. How okay. old's your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that'll be interesting. But then what I'm going to really throw Becky a curveball on is I'm going to show her, instead of putting 20% down. Ooh, I know. Uh-huh. What is it going to be? 15. No, actually, I'm going to go like 19.5. Oh. It's my new thing. Hmm. And then we'll go from there. Because what happens in this unique program is if you put less than 20% down, the pricing actually gets even better. Hmm. Now I can give her 3.99 with the same $913 of closing costs. And the only fly in the ointment is she has to pay $20 a month for private mortgage insurance for 23 months. Hmm. Uh, worth it. Totally. 
because I'm going to save her 768 bucks today. Today, yeah. And uh, then she's only going to spend 462 dollars on the mortgage insurance, and then it will automatically drop off Slick. after 23 payments, which makes her payment uh, almost the same as putting the 20 percent down. <laughs> so we'll awesome. see. That's going to take some explaining. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, welcome back. We've been talking about home affordability. Now let's move on because I said at the top of the show, I've got nine housing trends from which, our friends at the National Association. One. We covered one in the first half of the show. We'll get to the other. five-hour show today. Eight, yeah, five-hour show. We're going to take you right up to the bucks tip-off. No, I'm just kidding. All right, trend number two, repeat buyers are older and unmarried buyers are increasing. Hmm. So the median age of a repeat buyer, according to the National Association of Realtors, is at an all-time high of? 36. 55. What? Yeah, which has been steadily climbing from age 36, which you guessed. It was age 36 in 1981. Why do you think that is? I was I, They didn't say, but do you have a guess as to why is the median repeat buyer... Repeat meaning second time or, or third or fourth or oh. fifth? Because you baby boomers are downsizing. That's right. And gobbling up inventory. See, I Stop think, it. I think, <laughs> I think that is exactly why. I think that 40 years ago, which 1981 is almost 40 years ago, yeah. people bought their house and then stayed in it until they died or went into the nursing home. Yeah. And now what people are doing, like you said, my age, oh, you get to be 55, 57. I just yeah. saw somebody last night at Doc Holloway's 70th birthday party. Happy birthday, Doc. Yeah. And retirement party at the same time. Who... Um, Saying like, yeah, we're down. We're selling our five bedroom home, and we want to get to guess what? A ranch, ah. right? People don't want to climb the steps to go to bed anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so that's an interesting thing. Meanwhile, the median age of a first time home buyer has increased only slightly over the last forty years, from uh, to twenty nine. It was twenty nine, and it is now thirty two. Okay. All right. Uh, however, familial status is very different for first time home buyers today. In the nineteen eighties, the vast majority were married couples. Reaching as high as 75% for first-time homebuyers. That number has since dwindled. So married first-time homebuyers are 54%. Uh, what segment is number two? You know this. Single women. That is correct. Single women make up 18%. Then unmarried couples? You are correct. God, yeah, you're good. Unmarried couples are sneaking up, though. They're at 16% and lagging behind. Single guys. Single guys. Can't figure it out. Only 10% mm. of... First-time homebuyers are single men. And there's also a 2% slice who represent a growing phenomenon of cohabitating friends. Hey, Paul, do you want to get a house? And, but buy it together. Yeah. Like, as the same. And by the way, only 34% of first-time homebuyers have children. All right, number three uh, trend, and I have something in here on this. Uh, maybe it's down a little bit lower. Okay, number three trend is caregiving for parents. Or eight or pets, aging parents or pets matters. Yeah, yeah, and so people buying. Um, I need a room so that mom can move in and I can take care of her. Yes. Is it? Okay. Yes. Or I need a room for my dog. Correct. Uh, and also, you know, people are having pets instead of children, which leads me to a Wall Street Journal article you may or may not have seen, quoting that the current lifetime birth rate for American women is down to an all-time low of one point seven children. Kids per women over their lifetime, which okay. means we ain't replacing ourselves. Okay. When you slip under two, yeah. 
you are not uh, doing that. So, by the way, according to Mrs. Louts from the National Association of Realtors, whose sources were not quoted for this one little factoid, but I thought mm. it was good, Japan sells oh, yeah, I saw this. more adult diapers than children's diapers. Yes. Okay. That, so, they don't have a lot of real estate, so that, some no, of that No, but sense. I mean, the, when your population starts to shrink, it is a bad thing for a country. Death spiral, you might say? Yeah. So, uh, so unless we replace ourselves... Uh, we're going to run out of taxpayers to pay for all the old people. So what's the key? Just by the way, wrapping it all together, immigrants. We need more immigrants. Yes. Otherwise, we're going to run out of workers people. and taxpayers. Yeah. Um, but the pet thing, I have noticed, some people, home buyers are saying, like, I, pets and green space for my pet outweighs school district, according mm. to the National Association of Realtors. Also, Wells Fargo's big TV and online ad is all about get room for your pet it features a dog okay <clears throat> um multi-generational blah 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 okay and then this is something we see all the time and this is number four on my list of nine the bank of mom and dad one third of buyers today are receiving down payment help from family and friends for sure we see that and it's all the time perfectly fine biggest misconception there with gifts david is gift tax yeah Oh, I'm going to suffer some terrible consequence if I give nope. more than $15,000 nope. nope. to my son, daughter, granddaughter. Nope. What's the limit again? Like $11 million 11 per person million. in your life. Congratulations That's right. is the answer. If you can give away $11 million and then you start suffering gift tax. Estate tax and gift tax. So that's per person, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then it's good, but it's going to go back down to $5 million, so you might have a problem then. Okay. In another Still. nine years. So the bottom line is, if you're afraid of the gift tax, uh, Mom and Dad, you, uh, we can please help call. you. Please get, call. Yeah, please call Acuna Mortgage or click on the blue button. All right. I've got a few more of those to go, but we gotta, we're got we going to come back with your story oh. of the first-time homebuyers in Chicago yeah. who you just helped keep $21,000. I'm going to make them buy me dinner. No, in their pocket. Yes. Um uh, which is going to be a good thing. We'll tell you that story when we come back. You are listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620, WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. So we're working our way through the nine real estate trends uh, brought to us by the National Association of Realtors Broker Summit. By the way, President Trump also addressed the National Association of Realtors in Washington at some sort of a meeting yesterday that I forgot to go to. And uh, President Trump was saying, yep, you know what, that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac reform, very, very important. we got to do something about that. And he said we have geniuses working on it. Wall Street geniuses are working on alternatives to expand uh, bringing in new competitors and making it more expensive to finance a house. Probably so. Yeah, I forgot he left that part out. But anyway, speaking of helping people buy their first home, how did you help oh. uh, uh, this first-time homebuyer couple referred to us by their parents? Yeah, but they live in Chicago, so uh, they're they're buying a condo in Chicago. What what happened? So this is a story all about maximizing income. Because, qualifying, income. qualifying income because when you can point out um, or maximize somebody's income, it allows them to borrow more money. That's right. And, and so this was a matter of balancing. Hey, if we can if we can show an underwriter that they have more qualifying income, these folks get to put less down. Correct. You can borrow more. They can right. borrow which more, which means money you, down. yes. And and the great part is they are going to be buying a. A condo that they want to 
remodel a little bit after they get into it. Yeah, and so inside. what we uh, what you get to do when you've got good relationships with the um, parties parties that we have, I'm able to go to Jason, our chief operations officer, and I'm at, I ask Jason, hey, can you go to the underwriting manager? Ah. And make the case here. Make the appeal. Yeah, because the first level underwriters said, mm, no. So we went above their heads, as we are allowed to do, Yeah, and made the case. And huzzah, the underwriter, the manager said, I, I, your version of it, I understand and I believe. Okay. Hey, here's an extra $500 a month in qualifying income. So wait, David, you're saying that income interpretation and deciding what a person earns and qualifies yes. use on the mortgage is not always black and white it's not so if you went online like i did uh, a yes. week ago and and got myself a pre-approval letter and i just said well i make this much money per month mm -hmm. because that's what i think i make that's not necessarily valid no and if i recall the story correctly i believe we anticipated this potential problem indeed because both of our home buyers are part-time workers which is Tenuous. Yeah. Yes. We decided, you know what, before we issue the rock solid pre approval letter, we're going to document your income. And yeah. We're going to come up with a minimum. Yes. So they use that to write their offer. But now we kind of went back for a second kick at the can. Correct. And said, please consider this new documentation that we have and give one of our co borrowers more qualifying income, allowing them to put less money down. How much less money down? $21,000 less down. Whoa. And they're swapping that out. Now, their payment's going to go up by 158 bucks a month Okay, because they're borrowing more money. But that's a pretty nice exchange. Sure. I will keep $21,000 in my pocket in exchange for 158 bucks per month. Right, because otherwise, how are you going to finance those remodeling things? Exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah. And this is also a case where we're working with the parents yep. who are going to help with the down payment. Yep. And so we're really smart about how to do that. Yes. And to, to try to make it easy on everybody. There's always a hard way to do something. Mm -hmm. The hard way is always, hey, I wrote you a check, and now you're going to put it in your bank account, son or daughter. Yeah. That is the high hassle way. Yes. What's the low hassle the way? The low hassle way is mom, dad give the gift. The title company gives them wiring instructions. And well, when you, do they give the gift? At closing. Oh, at the closing. Mom and dad just send the money directly to the trust account of the title company. Mm -hmm. They take that gift money plus the mortgage money acunet sends over hands it to the seller and says give me the keys to your house there please. you go that's the easy way to do it they can't do that on an fha loan however. correct but we can do that on regular well you can do a gift loans. on an fha loan, oh yeah you can do just have to document it yeah. going into your checking the documentation account. is a little wait different. sounds like the details matter especially that's right. on income the... on gift on all of it yes do not go out there and get yourself i mean a... you can but just you can't be prepared for surprises and heartburn stress I can't emphasize enough how flimsy the bank pre-approvals are and what you can get online all they say is I verified your credit and took your word for everything else I believe you you I are believe... the point guard of the Milwaukee basketball team That's I right. believe you and and by the way there are no messy problems with where the money is coming from oh well, how often does that happen never. if you don't yeah yeah a lot of times that's why we believe in the rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval where we verify everything about you income credit down payment if you're divorced, we'll get a copy of your divorce decree and yep. your marital settlement agreement. We've got to figure all that stuff out before you go writing offers and, you know, spending money. Yeah. All right. When we come back uh, from this last break, we will talk about the last few things, including the goal of homeownership. Think about this. Don't answer, David. What percentage of non-owning adults in America say that owning a home is still part of the American dream?
Is it 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10? We'll give you the answer. When we come back, you're listening to the Academ Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Let's not forget about David Wickard here on the team, too. And uh, so we've been talking about uh, nine top trends as identified by the chief demographic and something-something officer at the National Association of Because demographics are destiny. Yeah, they really are. So I had asked the question uh, before that last break, uh, how many non-homeowners, so you're talking about renters here, out of 10 say that home ownership is still part of the American dream? Is it 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, or 9 out of 10? When I asked you off the air, you said... Uh, 75. Yeah, 75, so 7.5. And And the answer is, amazingly, 9 out of 10 Hmm. people that uh, are renting say that home ownership is still part of the American dream, and 8 out of 10 plan to own a home in the future. Hmm. So that is good news for all of us in the mortgage business and the real estate business. Yeah. Um, Home ownership is still part of it, and it's not really economic. We've been saying that for years. This is about... I'm tired of renting. We're having our second kid. We don't have enough bedrooms. Right. I want a place of my own. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with the landlord anymore and ask him if I can do this or that or the other thing. For sure. Uh, by the way, how low are rates right now, David? 3.99% on a 30-year fixed with all the right stuff. APR is 4.06, and that's just $1,600 in costs. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Probably the smarter choice is the 4.125 right now. That is correct. Yeah. Um, you got that up? Or? I have the 15-year fix in case you were dying to know. 3.75%, yeah. uh, which is with just with $995 in cost. The APR is 3.8. So nobody ever picks a 15-year fix, or very few. I can think of two people in the last two years that have chosen a 15-year fix when they buy. So the 15-year fix is more for a refinancer. and. Yeah. Those rates, folks, 399 on a 30-year fixed or 4.125 or 3.75 on a 15-year fixed, those are low enough that we are helping a lot of people refinance right now, which you call cleverly paying less to live in the same house. Or as you said in my radio ad, yeah, give yourself a raise. There you go. Yes, I'm the chief paycheck officer this week. Right. What if we could save you? Like I called up some home buyers who we couldn't help buy their home in April. Um, Oh, that's right. Right. And for various circumstances, and I said, hey, but guess what? Rates have dropped. And now that you own your home and sold the other one in the other state, that's why we couldn't help them. <clears throat> they kind of had to take a portfolio loan somewhere else, which we helped them find, by the way. Uh, but it's like, hey, I can save you 70 bucks a month. That's 840 in, without any loan costs. And in after-tax dollars, too. That's right. You didn't have to pay income tax on that. Right. That's you, a raise... Right. And a little bit more. A tax-free raise. Literally, that's what it is, a tax-free raise. So rounding out the other uh, items from the National Association of Realtors, the tenure of owning a home is getting longer. Uh, The length of time homeowners spent in their home stayed roughly stagnant with an average of six years, oh, from up until 2008. Now it is reaching 10 years. But then it recently ticked back down to nine years, according to 2018. So the average time in a house, according to the National Association average of Average or median? All right. Uh, well, it's less than 10 years. Average. Okay. Average is uh, nine years right now. Not a quick investment, but a place to live. That's what, it, And we've been preaching out of that page of the hymnal. Yeah. If you can preach out of it. I guess you preach a sermon. Is to say, hey, buy the house that you can live in for a long time because rates are great right now. Right. 
don't buy it or in case you're, you're sell. in case your world turns upside down and yeah. at least you know you can be someplace comfortably student debt is a trend number six or something like that uh crushing finances <clears throat> Borrowers carry medians, uh, those who have student loans. Mm -hmm. The median student loan debt is $41,200. Uh, Does that sound high? Uh, it I've sounds, seen other stuff that's Yeah, it's student loans aren't keeping folks from buying houses. Well, uh, only in severe circumstances. Like if you've got north of $100,000 in student loans, yeah. that can crimp your, your purchase Correct, because most budget. student loan uh, borrowers are on an income-based repayment mm -hmm. plan. So they're spending no more than 10% of their income on right. their student loan payment. But that does put a crimp in your purchasing power. Yeah, for sure. And then the uh, other trend is that the bar of buyer expectations has risen. They're calling it the TV effect. For sure. Right. I look on TV, on HGTV, and they all look fabulous. So the importance of staging a home and making it look nice to the home buyers continues well, to be. Well, that flies in the face of the, uh, I'll flip this, or I'll... I want to buy this crummy house and this flip fixer it. upper. Right. Ugh. And then the other the final trend here in my top nine for the National Association of Realtors is agent use is high. Buyers want to work in, with an agent. Uh, the for sale by owners mm. last year, according to the National Association of Realtors, only seven percent, down from a high in the early nineties of twenty percent for sale by owner. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Can't, I can't verify it. All right, so to wrap up here, we've been talking about the fact that the spring market is here in full swing. We are issuing pre-approval letters. We would love to issue you or your loved one, son, child, daughter, grandparent, cousin, coworker. Don't go out there with a flimsy bank of pre-approval that just says we verified your credit. We are helping home shoppers become home owners with our Rock Solid Guaranteed Pre-Approval Program and also by working with them and their buyer's agent to craft a winning offer. We'd love to help you. And also, great time to save money uh, on a refi right now. All you got to do to find out how much you can save on a refi or get started with a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval to buy is, guess what? Click on the blue button at accunet.com. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.